Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Oh, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic-Con. I am Ryan, with me is... James! And filling in for Brad is... Another Ryan. Hey. <laughs> Rafe, how are I you? Am, I am also suddenly... Rafe. We'll, 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 we'll refer to you as Rafe so we don't confuse people on the yeah, podcast. Good, otherwise I'm outnumbered. Yeah. Um, right away, I want to thank everybody for all the kind words they said about our 200th episode. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you've been doing this for so long and sometimes we don't hear from people. But then you get things like uh, what your cousin wrote, which is. Yeah. Uh, my. Was it your cousin? Well, she's like my. She's like my aunt. She's my uncle's sister. But like. Okay. Once removed. You sure. Know? Uh, who I very rarely talk to. Um, but just read stuff like that. Just yeah, makes it was me really, happy. Yeah, it was really neat. Man. And, you know, we got a lot of kind words from a lot of people. And I want to thank them because 200 episodes and 200 consecutive weeks of doing this is nothing to scoff at and yeah. i appreciate everybody listening and continue to listen which brings us to our turning a new page episode 201 yeah. we're there every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world this week we went and saw maggie and we will tell you about the movie at the end we'll tell you if you should see it or not based on our own opinions and we'll play the trailer and then if you're still up in the air before we spoil the movie go see it and then come back and listen to what we have to say about it since we're a movie podcast, we also talk about movie news, the number one movie of the box office, what's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, what am I forgetting? Stuff we've been watching. Comic books. One. I'm going to go back in, into the well for the comic book one because I really want people to like, get this comic book. Cool. And yeah, so we just have a good time. Before we get started, uh, we got official word this week that we will have a table at Denver Comic-Con. Yeah. I mean, I knew we did, but I, I still get antsy. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. Because uh, Comic-Con well, is two weeks away. Well, and they keep getting bigger and bigger weeks, and bigger. So. And you keep thinking, like, one of these days, they're just going to be like, you know what? If we don't let the real nerds come, we can just give Karen Gillan her own table. Yeah. You know? But it, not this year. She's so cute. This isn't the year. Um, so we'll be there. So if you're at the con, whether you're a fan or a celebrity listening to us and you want to be on the show, you're more than welcome to. In fact, James, today I secured our first three interviews for the Denver Comic-Con. Ooh. People are already emailing us to be on the show. Cool. Um. YA fantasy author. I just, I want to pronounce her name right. It's so pretty looking. Amelie? Amelie. Amelie Howard is a sought-after novelist who has enchanted readers with her stories since 2001. Her first book, Bloodspell, earned rave reviews, a spot on Amazon's bestseller list, and was named a 17 magazine summer beach read. Cool. Very cool. Um, New York Times bestselling author Colleen Hawk has even touted her novel Alpha Goddess as a fiery-gripping twist. On a timeless love story, brilliantly dark and powerful, 
She will be on our show during Denver Comic Con. She also has a panel at Denver Comic Con. Make sure that you download the uh, guidebook, and you can see exactly her panels. Um, also being on our show is going to be Sue Duffy, and she just released her novel Masks and Mirrors. Is the second book in her Weird Chronicle series. She's a local Denver author. Cool. And she winds tales of self-resilience and wonder at the world on a backdrop of urban fantasy and science fiction. So, And she'll also be holding a multitude of giveaways during the con and will even be bringing a magician along to entertain attendees. So she will be in Artist Valley, so make sure you seek her out. Um, it's going to be very fun. And also, they were on our podcast last year during Denver Comic Con. It's the band The Stubby Chanelales. Oh, yeah. They uh, they played the con last year. They were lots of fun, and they're going to be back on. Um, so we already have our th- first three interviews, and that's just a little background of all of them. Very cool. Um, I'll remind everybody next week, too, about them again. Make sure you pick up all other books on Amazon. You can download them for, on your Kindle or your whatever phone tablet device you have your phone you can get the kindle app on just about everything yeah Yeah. exactly and the stubby shillelaghs you can get their music on itunes so make sure you download them support them and when you're at denver comic-con say hi um they'll probably have cds and books buy them they'll sign them um they will be on our show i'm really excited to hear them and talk to them about writing james you're a writer (laughs) i can tell you uh we're also gonna have some stuff to give away for sure um, because I know, so there's this thing that, that happens now where I have a really big Blu-ray collection and sometimes I'll be walking through the store and I'll be like, oh shit, that's an awesome movie. I'm going to go ahead and buy that. And then I'll get home and realize I already owned it. So wow. we're going to have some really awesome movies <laughs> that we're going to be giving away while we're there. Some of them may already be open, we always but have stuff you know to what? Give They're away. free. Yeah, free um, so make sure you stop by our booth. We always have stuff to give away. Um, we're always recording. And if you want to just talk about nerd stuff, sit down and talk to us. Yeah. Because we love it. That's what I'll be doing. Because, um, uh, yeah. Welcome. And also, I just also want to mention Rock Comic Con 9 is actually returning to Denver as well. Cool. It's Saturday night at the Lime American Tequila uh, Cantina and Tequila Bar in Denver. There they'll be having live music and giveaways of all nerdy goodness. Uh, make sure that you hit that up. Um, you have to buy tickets. And I know every year it's been in Denver Comic Con. It has sold out. So make sure you get your tickets very soon for that as well um some sad news to report uh george's jaunty will not be at denver comic-con i know and he even said uh you know that he always looks forward to our conversations we always have great conversations with him not only on the podcast but off the podcast he's one of my the most favorite awesome. people oh, um yeah so we have but he'll that. be back next year i'm sure but in good he'll news, be okay in, in good news james what guess who's following us on twitter Clarissa explains it all herself. <gasps> Melissa Joan Hart. <gasps> oh, oh man, yeah, you guys made it. Do you think she's listening right now? She probably is. If I had to guess, she actually followed us. Like, not one of her like you know team of people that probably run her social media. I'm pretty sure it's exactly who it is. Is her? I totally kind of had a crush on her when I was like, dude, who did nine. it? Clarissa explains it all. I love that show. Yeah, I used to stay up uh, and watch it all the time because that's what you do, guys. That's what you do. <laughs> Uh, cool hey guys what if you're ever in denver and you're wondering what movie theater to go to i'm in denver like all the time i know all the time all the time i'm pretty much always (laughs) in the denver metro area rafe if you wanted to go to any movie theater in denver where would you go the alamo draft house of course good choice i'm peter bogdanovich and i have a few friends here or not here but that i know knew 
who would like to tell you something. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Maltin. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Chris Romans Bloss. I'm Martin Starr. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. Last time I saw you, I played it cool. Now someone's been I'm right telling you right up front. Burn off your cell phone. Don't talk. Don't text. Don't build a birdhouse. Don't be a bully artist. Quit asking your girlfriend what she had on her salad. Okay, is it your living room? You talk or text during the film, I will punch you. You can find out who they are and then go cut their tongue out. Have a good watch. Bye. Alright, I said what you want me to say. Will you release me now? Playing next week at the Alamo Draft House is IFC at the Alamo is showing Almost Famous. Oh, shit, yeah. That's a great movie. Um, oh, with exclusive Marin clips. Marin clips? I don't know what that is. Oh, oh, the it's clips of Mark Marin. Mar- Mark Marin is the guy who um, yells at them he... when they're at the bus, and then like he's the guy who yells, Lock the gate! And then he used that cut. He does not his... say I'm a golden god, right? Uh, no, no, he does not. But if you listen to the WTF podcast that he runs, he plays that audio clip at the beginning of it for every, on every episode. Nice. So, yeah. Um, Heaven Adores You will also be playing. Um, Pucha Ma... What the hell is that? Read, uh, read the P one. Oh, man, I'm excited. Okay, Pucha... Pucha mm. P movie. But it has an at in the middle of it. Pucha Mitz. Pucha... Pucha Mitz. If you want to know what that is, log on to Alamo Draft House. Dot com slash okay. Denver. It's 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 P U C H I M at symbol S exclamation mark. So you know it's radical. Totally. Wow. Man. Poochimates. That's a uh, serious Video style. Vortex is Bionic Bionic Boy, and I want to see that. Oh man. Absolutely. I'm gonna get you back for killing my family. <laughs> oh, um, right, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Brent, Ryan, I, I don't know if I told you this, but when they do those VHS uh or those the video vortexes, they actually roll a VCR out on the stage. And they are projecting off of that VCR. So they, they put a tape in, and oh. you're actually watching a movie off the VCR on stage. That is, is that not awesome? That's that amazing. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, uh, the movie The Real Nerds will be seeing next week is Max, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. And Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect 2 also opens next week. Yeah. I'm interested to see. Brad got a chance to go see Mad Max. He, uh, he, he said it was pretty good. Yeah. He's ex- well, I'm uh, excited for Oh, it. yeah. If you're out in L.A. right now and you hear this podcast in the next few days, Brad's out there doing a mini press tour for Jean-Claude Van Damme's Damn Van. Yeah. He'll be stopping by a Nebulous Visions podcast, NerdFap podcast, to cool. help promote it. Um, so make sure you check out NerdFapPodcast.com. I think they're on their ninth episode coming up. So they'll be there too but in cool. denver make sure you hit up the alamo draft house tell them the real nerd sent you that you heard it on here and you won't get anything but they'll know that you've been listening to the real nerds and that sponsoring us is a good thing right <laughs> um yeah so that's what we do say cool. hi to brad if you're in la and you know i also want to say we didn't listen to anybody who mentioned movies that we should see this week <laughs> <laughs> i know it's true i kind of uh, felt bad because i we did were... too i i really i really wanted to see maggie because i love zombie movies uh, Kendall mentioned that we should see the Alamo Draft House film Roar, which yeah. is a documentary, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think so. About a guy who likes lions or something. I don't know. She said we would enjoy it, so we'll have to try to, try to check it out. And actually, Henry Jarvis actually mentioned something, a movie I do want to see, called yeah. While We're Young. Yeah, he's right. Um, so we'll definitely see that one. I appreciate um, 
what everybody sent us. But sure. not enough to listen to them. Uh, <laughs> when I want to see a movie, I'm going to see it. Yeah. I don't care. No. I, I, I think it was the right choice. Um, and Zach Eastman sent us a list of his top five movies. Well, I think he actually sent top ten. Maybe it's... Yeah, there should be top tens. Okay, there we go, because it's in two tweets. Yeah. Um, because a few weeks ago, we did our favorite films from 2005. Um, so, oh, I forgot. I haven't had this in a while. Here's the interstitial for fan mail. So Zach sent us uh, his list. Um, number 10 is The Weatherman, which is a Nick Cage movie. I hate that movie. Uh, number 9 is actually one that was almost on my list, A History of Violence. That movie's awesome. That's a comic book yeah. movie. Um, number 8 is The Devil's Rejects, which is a Rob Zombie film. You hate that movie. I own that movie and haven't seen it yet. <laughs> um, it's all right. I got right. it for free with my PS3. Oh, you did? All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, it, if I got it for free, I'd watch it again. It's all right. Um, I, I don't like how Rob Zombie writes female characters, so I have a hard time watching some of his movies. Um, number seven is Kung Fu Hustle, um, but that was on Brad's list. Number six, uh, good old uh, Russell Crowe makes an appearance with Cinderella Man. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Um, I'm not a big Russell Crowe fan. Even like when people say, oh, Gladiator, I'm like, eh, it's all right. I like Braveheart more. Um, number five is on me and James' list was our, our number five, King Kong as well. I, I, it might have been. Yeah, right it's there. right around there, yeah. Number four is Batman Begins, which I think was my number four, actually. Mm. Um, number three is Capote, which... Yeah. Capote? Uh, you're the worst. <laughs> Capote. Um, number two is Brokeback Mountain. My wife loves that movie. Surprised. <laughs> and number one is Good Night and Good Luck. Love it. That's Robert choice. Downey Jr. That's a good choice. Yeah. I think the only movie I saw on that list is Batman Begins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it was King in Kong? 2005. No, no, I should see that one. Oh yeah, King Kong is good. Yeah, he it's fights long. Tyrannosaurus yeah. Rexes and oh, dude, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah, giant monkey and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Giant monkey fights a T Rex. Yeah, I saw clips, but yeah, I mean that's if you have long, if you have three and a half hours to kill, I definitely. That's <laughs> a long movie. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. Jackson, though, so it, it moves yeah. fast though. It's not like you know you're watching a three hour movie. You're like fuck this. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not all in the same place. It's on a boat. Yeah. It's on an island. Who doesn't love this boat Moving part? Oh, then it's in New York. Yeah. I then love it's on that. A building. When, when Anne Darrow comes up to him, she says, oh, you're much more handsome in real life. I, I didn't picture you that. And yeah. it's not Adrian Brody. And he's like, eh. He's yeah. sad because he's not as handsome as the other guy. Yeah. I love that movie. Or the part where they're in Central Park and they're having fun and it's sad and romantic with an ape and a woman. I don't know how they pulled off, <laughs> but it's great. It's a good movie. Or when he protects her from all the gunfire from the biplanes on the Empire State Building. Spoilers. Yeah. If you've seen that movie so or the one that's, you know, 80 years old. Right. Yeah. 82 years old is King Kong. Wow. Oh, I, I didn't tell you my King Kong awesome story. So I had like the deluxe edition on DVD and I always wanted the Blu-ray like in the book. And I didn't want to spend, I think it was like $34. I'm like, I don't want to get it for $34. And I went to the Barnes & Noble in Littleton, and they had it there for $17. The book, like King Kong yeah. from 1933. I was really excited. It's a good get. Yeah. That's a good get. Yeah, yeah nice you look, If you're looking for goofy Blu-rays and DVDs, the Barnes & Noble in Littleton on bowls. I wonder uh, I wonder what new like Blu-rays and DVDs might might be coming to them this week. I don't know. We should check that out. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Worst 
Segway ever. Yeah, of course, if you... <laughs> but see, here's the thing at Barnes & Noble. If you get the new Blu-rays and DVDs there, they're like $45. Oh, yeah. No, don't go to Barnes & Noble for that. Yeah. If you want to get obscure ones, they're really cheap for some reason. If you want to get a good deal on some Blu-rays, mm-hmm. go to Digital Bits, follow the link through there to Amazon, and buy them there. Yeah, because Amazon always, you know, usually has the lowest price. And you throw a little money Digital Bits away. So. I know. I was. I forgot to order all my Steven Spielberg movies. I didn't. They all showed up in, at once. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, a movie I've wanted to see in a long time, I haven't seen in a long, a really long time, as always, because I forgot like John Goodman was in it. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, what's coming out this week? <laughs> well, uh, nothing living in the past. The big one. Um, speaking about not being not living in the past, uh, the big one is still Alice. Um, she can't remember it. Right. Uh, yeah. Just point that, that joke mean. right out. Yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible when I said it. I felt gross about it, but whatever. But I took um, it to the next level. Yeah, Julia Moore. Uh, I want to check that out. She won an Oscar for it. Yeah. Uh, I also really want to check out Black Hat, uh, which is the Chris Hemsworth, Michael Mann movie, um, some kind of action thing. Oh, yeah. That... There's a hacker now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It only made like $5 million on like an $80 million budget. That's why it kind of went away fast. Yeah. I'm I'm curious. I think I, I think it's Michael Mann's shooting style is what turned people off. Yeah. I mean, I hate it. Like, I've, I have been very vocal upfront about, it. about the fact that I really, yeah. really hate Public Enemies. I think it's shot like an amateurish like reenactment on the Yeah, it's like channel. he's trying to create that feeling, but it just makes it look bad. But it's probably still better than Mordecai, which also comes out on <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I have to check this out because you, you guys hated not. it so oh, much. Oh, dude, it was horrible. I forgot that <laughs> came out this year. Oh, Because when, when we saw Ex Machina and I was going back and said, is this the best movie of the year? And then I saw that one pop up. I, oh, my God. Yeah. Even though, I mean, this cover just, I, I need to see this movie because this, this, I can't, I just, yeah. They're, they're releasing a PG-13 version of it so more people can watch it. Wait, it was art? Oh, good. Yeah. They Why? say fucking it a lot. Why? Because it's funny. Oh, okay. Um, the definitive edition of Battlestar Galactica, the original series, is coming out on Blu-ray this week. Meh. Um, but I know one movie that I'm sure you already have pre-ordered is Vampiros Lesbos. Nope. No, <laughs> no. I should. That is a Scream Factory, I think. Is it? Maybe um, not. I I thought it was actually a recent like foreign film. I didn't. Maybe. I didn't think it was. Super I, know, old. I did. I haven't bought it. I haven't watched it yet. But no. I got the Vampire Lovers, which is a Scream Factory, because the the cover is so badass. It's like a painted um, movie poster, and it's like this bikini clad vampire, like chasing after chained up dudes yeah i'm like sweet this is probably like the trashiest movie ever uh it sounds like it. it's like a well, 1970s hammer movie i don't know because you haven't seen vampiros lesbos no i have not so oh. i wanted to see vampire lovers this week but i got distracted so gotcha. hopefully this week i'll be able to check it out cool um x the man with x-ray eyes comes out on blu-ray <laughs> this week cool. this one this one i just have to think is like if if not a scream factory it's i mean the cover here is pretty interesting so there's this guy right it's a, it's a big face of a guy and he's got these glowy eyes see that makes me want to buy that i know oh the cover's awesome and then he on one side he's looking at there's a monkey and he can see all the bones inside the monkey and on the other side there's a lady and she's got like a sexy pose on and he can see all the bones in the lady ooh ooh sexy bones She's sexy to the bone. Yeah. Um, so uh, that looks like something that might somebody might need to check out. But uh, The Cobbler is one that you already saw. Oh, yeah. I pre-ordered that one. Oh, good. Well, I you'll get that, that this Tuesday. I love yeah. that movie. Um, it didn't get very good reviews. I don't know why. I'll have to, yeah. I'll have to let you watch it. Maybe I was going to say, you should l- lend it to me. Cause I, because you like Adam Sandler in these kind of roles. Yeah. I Also, it's got Method Man in it. I like Method Man. Oh, yeah. He's a dick in it. 
I I really like Method Man as an actor. Cool. Genuinely do. Yeah, he plays. He's a. He's like in the neighborhood. He's like the drug dealer guy. Cool. And so when Adam Sandler puts on his shoes, he becomes him, and he. Uh, you have to see. I think the movie's really cute. Cool. Um, you have to see it. I'll let you borrow it when I get it. Yeah, I've already seen it. So right. Um, Satan's Blade. Sweet. Uh, which just sounds cool, but the cover is like, I don't know, it's like this weird art. It doesn't. Oh, man. Uh, it's the 30th. I, I was hoping it'd be like a sword, a sword that has like a Satan yeah. face on it. Well, it's like, a, it's like a little dagger, and then in the background, there's like a pig man, and there's oh, some hands lame. holding. Yeah, right? Like, it's just like, it's the 30th anniversary edition of Satan's Blade. Mm. But Boom. I don't know if that's a big they deal. They could have done better. Yes. 30th anniversary um, of Satan's Blade. I, I do really like. need a badass cover for that. I do really like the cover, though, for She Killed in Ecstasy, which nice. comes out this week, uh, where it's just a woman and she's hiding like like she did something wrong. She's also married because she's got a ring on one finger. You know Maybe what? she killed her husband in ecstasy. Hey, and this is made by Jess Franco, who also made Vampiros Lesbos. Oh, maybe it's his or hers. Like, yeah. Uh coming like it's like the spielberg releases last week yeah. or like jess franco needs to have a bunch of yeah, releases all the jess franco's movies like she killed in ecstasy nice so she's a really good title fucking <laughs> um wet hot american summer is getting a uh blu-ray release this week are you a fan of that movie yeah i've never seen it should i see it yeah i, I haven't seen it in a long time i remember people telling me i need to see it there's a lot of really famous people in it i remember i watched it because the guys who were stella michael showalter um, why am I drawing Michael Ian Black and the other guy? Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're all in it. So I, I saw, it, and I remember it being funny, but I don't remember it being where it's so funny that you have to see it. Yeah, I don't remember. So don't quote me on. I have to rewatch it. Gotcha. Cool. Um, Roger Corman's The Premature Burial, which mm-hmm. has a pretty that's got a pretty good cover on it. Um, that that's you know that's how Roger Corman, Corman used to sell his movies. Is he would just have someone whip up. Um, a poster of whatever it was. It's like this is what the movie's about, and people say, "Oh, here's money." Yeah, I, I do know that he <laughs> That's is considered. How easy it had to. Be, it used to be. I know he's considered one of the most successful independent filmmakers of all time. Really? Yeah. Interesting. That's cool. Uh, Orgasmo is getting a Blu-ray release this week. So and Chota Boy. <laughs> if you've been waiting for that one, for I your have collection. actually. Um, the first season of Power, a show produced. By 50 Cent. Um, is it Curtis 50 Cent Jackson or is it just 50 Cent? Uh, it's Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the it's only reason I know that, that's how he's credited in Escape Plan. <laughs> oh, very true. But it's got this guy on the front who kind of looks like Kanye West and it's called Power. And so that makes me really oh, interested man. in it. But it, it has nothing to do they, with the song. They probably didn't get the song. It's, it's probably the whole it, it has nothing film auto tuned. Oh, probably not. Uh, it's a TV Cause, show. Cause, it's a whole season. Because Kanye is auto-tuned, is, is why. Uh, yeah, no, I, I get it. <laughs> Do people get that joke? The Toxic, Gen- <laughs> the Toxic Avenger Part 3, I mean, is coming out this week. So if you want some more Terma movies. Um, and then the very last thing, The Drownsman, which this... Uh, okay, no, it's an anchor release, so it's not a Scream Factory. But this cover is pretty cool. There's this woman, and she's in a bathtub, and there's just hands pulling her into the water. That and is she's, badass. Yeah, it's a pretty cool cover. Uh, a new horror creation worthy of standing alongside the likes of Jason, Michael, and Freddy. The Drownsman is just that good. It's a movie about hands in a bath. It's a it's a killer bathtub. The bathtub. Is I might the buy that one. 
Yeah, you probably should. What about a, the dude? What about the drownsman? Uh, well, the I mean, the bathtub is doing all the drowning. What, maybe the drownsman is. What's the drowsman maybe the drownsman lives in the bathtub. <laughs> Itty bitty well, living possible. space. <laughs> it's like an evil. Hey, that's an Aladdin <laughs> joke. Yeah, it's like an evil bathtub genie. This is how big of a Disney nerd I am. Aladdin is available for pre-order on Blu-ray, and it doesn't come out till October. <laughs> and you already have it. Wow. Oh, yeah, I pre-ordered it yesterday. Nicely done. Yeah, love it. I think that's fair. Cool. Uh, what are we doing next? Um, hey, what was the number one movie at box office last week? Like anybody? That's a know. stupid question. You're stupid. This is the box office stats. The Avengers: Age of Ultron, 191 million dollars. All of the money. Yeah, <laughs> but hey, guys, it didn't. Beat, it didn't beat 207 million dollars. Oh man, I know. Isn't that the most obnoxious? It, the same thing with when Spider Man came out last year. And it did only $97 million in its opening weekend. You, you, you say, you realize that's tons of money. For scale, Fury 7, which was like the fastest movie to ever, and i sorry for the pun, pun, but the fastest movie to ever break, what, half a billion dollars? Um, it did $6 million last weekend. Yeah, the uh, Avengers. Like, just to give you like some scale. And it, Fury it, it, 7, $6 million. Avengers. Hundred and ninety one million dollars. I know they're saying, Oh, expect Avengers to fall fifty five percent. Oh, so it's gonna make eighty nine million dollars <laughs> this weekend. Right. It's only gonna make eighty nine million dollars. It took me so long to get in the theater day because I, when I got off work and I was in line at the theater, the line was, I don't know, about fifty, sixty people deep. Every ticket was Age of Ultron. Here's another way to look at it. Worldwide it's done almost seven hundred million dollars and it only costs two hundred and fifty to make. So when they've tripled their money in one week, they're doing all right. Yeah. I don't think they're hurting. Yeah. Guys, I think we're going to get Avengers 3. I think we're going to get... <laughs> maybe an <laughs> Avengers 4. Bet. Maybe an Avengers 4. Yeah, I think it's a pretty safe bet. You're right. Well, because we're already getting Avengers 2.5 in Captain America Civil War. <laughs> That's, That's very true. true. Yeah. Man. Do you, you want to just jump into news then and talk about that? Sure. Wow. Did I just hit puberty? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's real news. Uh, yeah, so like everyone's gonna be in that movie. I know, like, like literally everyone. Oh well, yeah, it's gonna be basically building them going to the Infinity War. Yeah, so they have to establish a lot of people. I I know Black Panther's gonna be in it. Spider Man's okay. gonna be in it, and they're. I heard they're getting really, really close to announcing who Spider Man is. Uh, let's see. Where's the and, full list? Here we go. Um, so yeah, Ant Man is in it. War Machine is in it. Scarlet Witch is in it. Uh, the Vision is in it. Falcon is in it. Crossbones is in it. Bucky is in it. Hawkeye is in it. Um, Iron Man's in it. Uh, William Hurt uh, from Incredible Hulk is. Guess who is cast too? You haven't you haven't mentioned Bilbo. Uh oh yeah that's right and then um. Martin Freeman. Uh, Martin Freeman is going to be in it as well, but we don't really know who no, he is. No, we don't know who he is, but that's cool. He's yeah. going to be Bilbo. I mean, the Avengers needed a thief. Yeah, but... they do. They need they need someone who's a trickster. Yeah, uh, and it's not it's not Baron Zemo because they've got Daniel Bruhl. Do, mm-hmm. do you know who Daniel Bruhl yeah. is? He's in uh, Inglorious Bastards. He's uh, he's a young oh, kid in Inglorious okay. Bastards. Oh, oh, okay, 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 cool, cool, cool. Or so the, he's the young one. Yeah, right. So he's he's Baron Zemo, so that's cool. And by the young one, I mean the German soldier who's courting the French. Yeah, yeah he's got the theater. movie made about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. guy. 
Okay, cool. So he's Baron Zemo. Yeah, I mean, freaking everyone is in this movie. Yeah, I mean, you, but here's the thing. Is you have to have two warring Avengers, yeah. so you need a lot of people. And you already got well, a glimpse of Cap's new Avengers at the end of Age of Ultron. Well, and it's like we were talking about last week. Like, you need to have... Unfortunately, everybody on the Prime Avengers cast are all people that the nor- that, like normal Americans already know who they are in real life, right? Everybody knows Steve Rogers. Everybody knows Tony Stark. Everybody knows Bruce Banner. Everybody knows like Thor is just But guess Thor. who's not in this? Well, Hulk and Thor. True, true. Um, and nor do they need to. That's my, sort of my point is that like – Was Hulk even whole... in the, tri- uh, the story Silver? I don't think he was. I don't think so. Uh, oh, he's in, he's in, plan- he's in Planet Hulk. At the time, yeah, I'm sure. That's why he wasn't in Civil War. Um, I think you know you've you've got this whole cast of you've got to introduce a whole lot of other people mm-hmm. who have some reason to hide their identity mm-hmm. um, because they're like that's why Spider Man's really important to this one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. You think they'll sneak uh, Daredevil in? I would love for them to sneak. That'd Daredevil. be cool. That'd be pretty cool. You I know, would, I yeah. love reading um, the plot synopsis for it too because they they actually said that. A superhero or super powered person, enhanced person, which they call him in this world, uh, is responsible for a lot of collateral damage. So I'm interested to see if they're going to deal with them blowing up a school. Oh, um, while I mean, chasing a bad guy. You you also have a lot of the stuff that happened at the end of Avengers, including Hulk. Like yeah. the the Hulk um, Veronica fight. Like that whole thing is. Very, like you, you could use that as your your startup mm-hmm. um, to say like, hey, we need to do something about this so that people feel safer. Because well, yeah, because I mean, you start with that, and then you have the the incident where it involves you know children and or innocent bystanders yeah. while they're trying to stop somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think then you have Tony going saying, hey, we need to register these people and get yeah. them under control. And Cap, you know, is against it. Civil liberties. Yep, I can't wait for this movie. Oh, it's gonna be good. It'll be real good. It's going to be good. I hope Captain America has some more speeches. Dude, how about his speech at the end where he realizes what he's done? Oh, that speech is going to be so great. Yeah. Uh, Pick up the trade paperback of Civil War and you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, speaking of Joss Whedon stuff, though, uh, let's talk about like a whole bunch of people on the internet getting super confused and angry about no good reason. Yeah. So Joss Whedon left Twitter this week, um, which if you, I don't know, have been paying any attention over the last few years you should already know that this happens a lot um like high profile writers uh who are very social um who are, and who are really out there a lot tend to leave twitter when they are in a position like he is which if you think about it guys made two of the biggest movies of all time um wildly successful and is not currently tied to anything so whatever he did, like he's going to go into a hole somewhere and start writing again. Um, whether he's writing a Star Wars movie or not, doesn't matter. Like he's going to go write something. Honestly, I would hope he's going to go write something original mm-hmm. um, because we've seen him deal with other, you know, uh, franchises for a little while. I'd like for him to create something new. Um, so as soon as I saw the news and I read the, as soon as I read the, the, the article title, Joss Whedon leaves Twitter because of a bunch of angry feminists. I was like, I already know everything about this article is incorrect. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, he even said in an interview, he said, you know, people yeah. give you so much praise and they, then you have really bad people. And that's right. That's the only thing. Why does the internet, why is people think it's okay just to be mean on the internet? I, oh, that's the one insane. thing I don't understand. Well, that's the thing. There are plenty of people who like the guy has a cult following, like nobody's business. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of people who are really nice to him. He, he has did, a he thing called Weedinverse. Yeah. Right. He didn't leave because people were being mad to him and he couldn't put up with it. 
he left because he's a really social guy and he has shit to do. Yep. Um, it happens all the time. Like, Damon Lindelof and Calvin Q you know, did I'm it. Sure Brian he'll, K. Sure Vaughn's done it. Eventually too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as soon as, he, you know, give him, like, four months, he'll, wa- he'll write the new Cabin in the Woods or the new Buffy or the new Firefly. Or Dude, the wouldn't it be cool if he did, like, new a amazing Buffy, thing. but, like, an older Buffy and she had to, like, go back to... S- well, Sunnydale's gone, but she had to, like, fight Vamp. Oh, I'd love that movie. I would love... I will love anything he does at this point. Yeah. Like, I mean, seriously. I want to see more Buffy. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd watch that. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, nope. No, nope. Uh, okay. Um, Agent Carter and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. both got renewed for I'm super seasons. stoked for Agent Carter. I love <laughs> yeah. that show. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, it's funny. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, like, one of those that, I. I want it to be out there, and I want to believe that it's good, even though I'm not watching it, because I know that I, I'm not crazy into it. Um, have you guys watched much of the second half of the season? No. I, my parents have been watching it, and they've been telling me that it like it, it's... I heard they're focusing a lot on Inhumans. They yeah. are. Yeah. They're going places. Um, yeah? You know, it, it's still a little hit or miss sometimes, yeah. but it's been a lot like uh, the first season after uh, Winter Soldier hit. Oh, cool! I think um, now it's it picked up steam um, in the build up to um, Age of Ultron. Mm. Oh, good. Well, that's good to hear. Cool. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll go catch back up on it. So um, we did. Uh, we got a trailer for Vacation. Did you get a chance to watch this trailer? Yeah. This Red Band trailer. Yeah. Uh, speaking of hit or miss, man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like Eastman said, he loved it. I was watching, like, it's all right. I yeah, I was half of the trailer. There are jokes where I'm like, oh okay, cool. Like, uh, well, the okay. one joke where they're talking about this vacation is going to be as good as the last one. I said, oh, they did that in Twenty One Jump Street. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, they 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 straight ripped mm-hmm. that one off. Um, but there were there were things in there where I was like, oh, okay, cool, I see what you're doing. And I'll then there are other jokes where I was just like, oh no, yep. um, yeah, it's too bad because I I do actually really like the original Vacation. Oh, that's a um, great movie. And so I just I hope they do a, a half decent job. Um, somebody somewhere is making an Uncle Buck TV show and I'll probably show up for it and I'll probably be disappointed. They better be flipping big pancakes. Yeah. Um, we got to happen in every episode. (laughs) We don't usually talk about poster news, but we got a poster for London has fallen and I'm, I just want to say that title (laughs) because I'm excited for that. Wait, Uh, but they already stopped Olympus from falling. Yeah. Yes. Oh, is that what that is? Yes, it's a sequel. It's a sequel to Olympus has <laughs> Tell fallen. Tell me, Gerard Butler's oh, back. Great. Is London has fallen? <laughs> oh yeah, Gerard Butler, Aaron Eckhart. So the president of the United States. Uh, I I'm gonna write this movie based only on the poster, right? So the president of the United States goes to London and he's on a tour of Big Ben, maybe. Or is Big Ben like right outside the Parliament Building? So he's at the Parliament Building. I think it is the part of the Parliament. Probably building. probably part of the Parliament. Okay, so he's at Parliament. And then somebody attacks the Parliament building to try and kill the president. But Gerard and Gerard Butler is, of course, now the head of the NSA, right? Um, and I don't know why Morgan Freeman's there. Maybe well, Morgan Freeman is is in to charge. Narrate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the invaders were not expecting the. Uh, it was a cold day in London. <laughs> Um, the president wore a blue tie. Morgan Freeman plays the president of of England. He's gonna he's gonna don <laughs> an English accent. accent. Yeah, um, and then Gerard Butler has to save the president from being attacked. And then at some point, somebody's gonna blow up Big Ben. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah oh, oh, and when it falls, when Big Ben falls, it they have to run to avoid getting crushed by 
by Big Ben. Is that come out this year? Oh, it's no. gonna be like Prometheus, but Big Ben. Um, I have no clue when it comes out. Oh, I love Here. that scene in Prometheus. <laughs> you make me want to watch that movie. <laughs> uh, it does not say uh, October second. Mm. Cool. It also has Melissa Leo and Rada Mitchell and Jackie Earl Haley in it. I bet Jackie Earl Haley is a bad guy. Just gonna throw that out there. Uh, Angela Bassett. Anyway, that sounds cool. Sweet. Uh, and then the very last thing is that uh, Vincenzo Natale is going to be making a um, – he's going to adapt In the Tall Grass, which is written by Stephen King and Joe Hill, um, which I'm going to show up for because if it's Joe Hill, I want to see it. But um, Vincenzo Natale is one that like I don't always care for because he usually gets kind of weird, but that's okay. Um, so anyway. Unless I miss something else, that's nice. I don't think so. Yeah. Can't think of anything. Nope. Nope, nope. Nope. Cool. What do you want to do next? Uh, what we've been watching? Sounds great. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Rafe, what you been watching? Um, well, I already mentioned I've been uh, caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um... And then I've also been watching the new season of Community on Yahoo. Oh, how is that? I haven't even watched it. I love Community, uh, and I for some reason I finding yeah. it on Yahoo's screen seems like a pain in the ass. Yeah, I actually don't watch it through that. I watch it through other methods. Hulu. <gasps> Are Hulu. you stealing it? No, he's watching it through Hulu. Sure, we'll call we'll it. Say, Hulu. We'll call it Hulu. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Um, it gets off to a little rough start, you know. Things are different. It just has a bit of a different feel. Mm. Uh, like maybe three or four episodes in, it starts to pick up again. Um, and they just did an episode that was kind of like a spoof of Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit. Ooh. With, um, you know, Abed directing it, being forced to make a shitty movie because Chang suddenly became popular for a catchphrase for a ham commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Ben Chang. Yeah, so the commercial, the episode opens, the cold open is the ham commercial itself. It's like some lady in the kitchen, you know, making lunch for her family. And then um, Chang pops through the window. He's just like, ham, girl. <laughs> if only how Kevin John could deliver it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, then it pulls man. out and you see everyone else watching um, that commercial on their laptop. You know, they're all pissed that like, oh, he's suddenly found success um changnesia uh, yeah so then there was talk about like spielberg is going to pick him up for his next movie um and it turns out that abed was going to use chang in some movie he was making and he only has about a minute of footage and most of it is um chang just complaining about being there it was supposed <laughs> to be a cop drama so he's sitting behind the desk um they end up turning that into um this Guardians of the Galaxy spoof, um, just to try and cash in on um, Chang's sudden success. Cool, cool. Antics ensue. Cool. I'm gonna have to catch up on that. Yeah, yeah I should. But, I love Community. I, I um, just actually rewatched all of season five, and I forgot I watched it because I do it while I'm watching my son. So yeah. I always forget. Yeah, thankfully you've got it all up on your uh, Hulu account, Hulu, 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 Hulu server, Hulu yeah. Plus, yeah, yeah, on your Hulu Plus server, <laughs> so you can watch past seasons, so I can watch mm-hmm. it. Um, I'm gonna have to catch up on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and Keith David was also also added to the cast. He's been a pretty good addition. Oh, cool. You know, it's funny since you bring this up. One thing that I sort of skipped the news was um, shoot, what was it? 
which show is it? Anyway, it was somebody else. Um, it was actually Hulu that announced that they were going to do a TV show. It was based on some property that I was like, oh, that's too bad because that show will probably die really quickly since no one watches like original content on Hulu. Um, but I, I, it did make me wonder, like, man, there's there's all of these third party companies that are making television shows that you can only watch on their stations, right? So there's like. There's Amazon and there's Netflix, obviously, but then you've also got Yahoo doing it and you've got Hulu doing it and you've got Sony doing it on the PlayStation Store and you're going to have the Halo thing on Xbox. And I, I kind of wonder if it, if it's going to get so spread out on all these different devices that some of them, like these shows are just going to suffer based on where they are. Like sure, Powers got renewed for a second season, but A, it shouldn't have because it looks like garbage. Like it's not well made. Yeah, I haven't watched any of it, so it's, I couldn't tell you. It's very I, I know based on your thing because, you know, my PlayStation Plus membership, like watch them all now. Like, yeah. James told me you didn't like it, so I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. I, I would be interested in you watching one episode, but I would also feel bad because I know you're going <laughs> to watch it and kind of go like, man, this thing is just poorly made. But see, here's the thing. What else it is on Yahoo's well. screen? I don't even know what else they put on there. Oh, yeah. I think there's so, well, they have one other original show. I can't even tell you what it is. But well, yeah. I mean, besides that, what do they have just – Oh, is it like Netflix? I don't even know. No, I don't think – it's a lot of like web clips. I think they do a little bit of news. No, so um, I'll never watch it. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll wait till Community is on Blu-ray or There's DVD. nothing really worth watching on there. And even when you want to watch Community, like I tried watching the first episode through that. Mm-hmm. It, it was just – it wouldn't work. And that's like, why you switched to Hulu. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, and it's weird because, like, some of them are just going to get buried. You know, there's these shows like, um, oh, man, the, the Man in the High Castle that was on um, Amazon Prime that they made a pilot for, and I watched it, and I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And I keep looking just to see if they've made more episodes yet. I have no idea when it's coming out. I'm sure a lot of people don't even know it exists. Mm-hmm. I, I bet it's a really hostile market to be in right now yeah. to try and make a show in a non-traditional distribution way, uh, unless you are Netflix. And even Netflix, like there's there are Netflix shows that you know, like Lilyhammer. I mean, it's on there. There's multiple seasons of Lilyhammer, but is anybody really watching them? And you know, is anybody are, are those shows only going to be successful if they are water cooler successes? You know, um, can a can a mid level like comedy show survive in that market? I don't think so. You know, like in in the way that like a a a thirty minute comedy can survive on NBC because my dad's just going to leave the TV on and watch it anyway. You know, um, I bet that doesn't. I bet that market just does not exist on Netflix. Which honestly, it's probably fine. Like if you are not of a high quality, you should not exist. But at the same time, it's going to make it really, really hard to get your show out there and have it get a lot of respect because a lot of people are going to get watch it, watch one episode. And if you're not perfect in one episode, they're going to go can keep watching House of Cards, you know, um, especially if you're on like Yahoo video or whatever. And it, you got to jump through a lot of hoops and watch a completely different app than all of the other shows you're watching. I don't know, it just seems crazy. What else you been watching? Sorry. Um, well, that's mostly it. Um, oh, I watched Demolition Man last week. Before nice. Avengers, oh. Or the day before Avengers. Let's go blow this guy away. Let's go blow this guy away. I love that movie. <laughs> that was great. Go din- dancing and dinner at Taco Three Bell. Sh- God knows I go for burrito right now. I fucking love that movie. The seashells. <laughs> seashells were ridiculous. 
He doesn't get the seashells. <laughs> I could quote that movie all day. I fucking love that movie. Was his name Ooh. Simon Phoenix? Was that Wesley Snipes' character name? Uh, yeah, I think so. Simon <laughs> Phoenix. That's a fucking because he, he would always go on about like, Simon says die. Yeah, like that. Well, remember he doesn't know the seashells, and Sylvester Sloan goes like, "Fuck you, you fucking piece of shit! I ate your guts!" And it prints out all these uh, tickets. He's like. Don't need the seashells now because he's gonna yeah, his ass. Yeah, they've got him. all these machines, um, like in every room that just listen to everyone. And as soon as someone swears, it prints out a ticket for them. MDK, murder, death, kill. <laughs> Fucking, I'm gonna watch that movie this week. I love that movie. It is a That's fun time. Awesome. I recommend it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, was that on Hulu? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool, cool. James, what'd you watch this week? Um, just a couple of things. I um, actually just watched a lot of Hitchcock, of Hitchcock films. Um, you know what's so funny th- is I've got – I have not to interrupt you, but I literally bought in, I think, four. So I have Notorious, To Catch a Thief, Vertigo, and uh, I just got one more. Oh, Rear Window. So I have all four of those just waiting to be watched. Very cool. Yeah. Well, one of those is one that I watched this week. I'll save that one for a second, though. Okay. Um, so I watched Strangers on a Train this week, which uh, both ones I'm going to talk about are movies that I've I've seen before, but it was so long ago, and I was, you know, one of them, like, uh, one of them I, I remember I've, I've only seen on TV, so it's like, it's kind of like the first time that I really just mm-hmm. watched that movie. Um, but Strangers on a Train is... Man, it's it's one where like the premise is like among the the most brilliant of Hitchcock films. Um, sorry, excuse me. Uh, and there's some really there's some really cool sequences in the movie. It doesn't hold up as well as some of his other movies though, um, because of, yeah, I mean, as neat as it is where, that he can like make a tennis sequence really tense and then intercut it with this other sequence of a guy trying to get something out of a storm drain. Um, the actual story overall just doesn't, um, I love the title. Oh yeah. Uh, well, so let me take a step back. So, um, so, uh, stranger on a train is, um, two guys run into each other on a train. They both have someone in their life that they don't really like, uh, but one of them is a little bit crazy, and so he proposes, like, well, how about this? Like, I'll kill your wife, you kill my dad, everything will be great, we're just strangers, so no one will be able to tie it to us. And the other guy's like, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea, and he just runs away, because that's a really creepy conversation to have. Um, but the first guy is insane, so he goes and kills that guy's wife, and then says, like, hey, you're going to kill my dad now, right? And the guy's like, what? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. So he just gets this character, you know stuck in this situation that's a a classic Hitchcock situation of, like, I'm kind of guilty for being involved in this thing, but, like, I'm also totally innocent and this isn't my fault and how do I get out of this? Oh, my God. Um, And anyway, so uh, the second guy ends up, like, trying to frame the first guy for his wife's murder so that that way, you know, either he'll kill his dad and finish the whole thing or at least he'll go to jail for it. Um, and it's, it is, it's really good. Um, it's certainly worth checking out, but the other movie I watched this week is, uh, it's not my favorite Hitchcock, but it got up there real quick. Um, which is to catch a thief. Um, to catch a thief holds up really, really well. How beautiful is Grace Kelly? Oh, and Grace Kelly is gorgeous. I know. Anyway. Um, 
so to catch a thief is about a guy who um he's a cat burglar and has been for or he was a cat burglar like back around the war that's uh, world war ii that is um and everybody sort of knows that's what he was uh and then all of a sudden somebody in town starts stealing uh jewels from like rich people uh and everybody thinks that it's him and he's he's sort of goes on a mission to catch whoever this thief is and along the way he runs into grace kelly's character um and falls in love with her and so it's really it's really a romantic comedy and about who wouldn't oh yeah um so it's really a romantic comedy where she has to you know eventually she's going to figure out like hey you're actually a thief and you have given me a false name while you're on this mission to try and catch this other thief um you know it's one of those um it's a great movie dynamics but man i <laughs> the thing there's a whole documentary on the blu-ray about this because this movie was made during the the film code where you had to get your your script processed and approved before you could make your movie um and so they had to make sure like okay you can't show like when they're on the beach like you can't show Grace Kelly in a bikini you can't say certain things um, and there's a lot of innuendo in this movie and they were very particular about what innuendo you could use and how you could say certain things. And Hitchcock's innuendos are some of the most brilliant lines of dialogue. Like they are so smart and made me laugh so hard. Hey, James, if I wanted to watch a movie about Hitchcock struggling with those people, that was really well done. What movie could I see? Uh, you should watch a movie called Hitchcock. <laughs> um, came out a couple of years ago. It's real good. I really mm-hmm. liked it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's funny Absolutely. you say that because those Hitchcock movies I got, I, I remember watching them with my grandfather, but I never really remember watching them. And I did the same thing cause I got gone with the wind. I need to watch these movies, Yeah, but I've seen them, but I haven't really seen them and I really want to enjoy them again. But I remember to catch I, a thief was one. I really had fun watching it. Even when I was like 10 or 11 i just remember it's a cute movie oh yeah and when you watch it now it's just so smart the the one that stands out to be the most um so uh um john roby who's who's carrie grant's character um he's disguised himself here he's told grace kelly that he's this like um lumber guy like he works in the lumber business and that he's just really rich and he's he's just looking for houses um, that he wants to buy, you know, and and that's his excuse for basically casing these really expensive houses to try and figure out where this cat burglar is going to hit next. And so there, he's go he's with Grace Kelly, and and she's she's caught him out talking to this French girl that's a friend of his. Um, and there's this really great line where Grace Kelly says, "Like I bet you told her that all of your trees are sequoias." It's just a dick joke. Like, it's a really, really good dick joke um, that's so subtly slipped in there. Um, it's just, there's a lot of lines like that. Um, and then there's even, there is this sex scene in the movie um, where he intersperses, you know, like, they're making out on the couch, and then he keeps cutting back and forth between that and the fireworks out the window, and the fireworks build and build and build. You know, and it, it's... It's very obvious mm. what he's doing, um, but at a time when you weren't allowed to, like, like they even got a note back where it was like, "Hey, like when you when he kisses her, like you have to cut away before he like leans her into the couch, 
while he's kissing her. Like mm. it, it was that strict. Um, so the fact that he's able to basically tell this, this story that's got a lot of really interesting themes in it and very adult things going on in the background, the fact that he's able to tell that when nobody would let him is pretty impressive. Uh, and it's just a, it's a really fun movie and the, the, those characters are really well written. You know, the only thing I don't like about the Blu-rays is I don't think the art on them is very good. Um, to Catch a Thief's okay. To Catch a Thief's is good. The ones for Notorious, and, like, Rebecca, Rebecca, yeah, yeah, that whatever that series is where it's got, just got the red banner on it mm-hmm. is not great. Um, you know, Rear Window is just Jimmy Stewart sitting, looking shocked. Vertigo is horrible. Yeah, and Vertigo is the same way because Vertigo, Vertigo has a great like poster yes. where it's like the silhouette and the spinning vertigo thing right but the, but the, the vertigo is like jimmy stewart like oh i'm so scared oh yeah and it just looks like somebody printed out a picture of him and then cut it out with a pair of like yeah. safety scissors and glued it onto a piece of cardboard like it's a horrible cover it is. um yeah and strangers on a train is not very good either um because strangers on a train the cover of strangers on a train makes it look like it a, it's a romance movie like it's a guy who's grabbing onto this woman like he's about to kiss her and that's not even what the movie make them uh to sell to older movie collectors maybe i don't know i don't know but not for like but but you know nobody's nobody's picking up rebecca pieces you know yeah like nobody's picking up rebecca because like oh it's got this like weird obnoxious red banner across the top and then i I, there are only two things i can think either no one has good copies of the original posters which i don't believe is possible uh or um they want to like create their own art for the covers, but you can't pull images out of those movies very well, which I do think is probably pretty plausible. Um, yeah, but sucks. I would just use the original posters because they're yeah. probably better than this garbage they're making. Well, that's why uh, Universal Monsters, they came in a box set that was, I think, called the Legacy Collection. Yeah. And it looked all right. It had like all the monsters' heads on it. Yeah. But if you bought the blu-rays individually it was the original posters right which is so it looks awesome you know it's you know the frankenstein one's a painted poster and it says half monster half man and stuff like that is awesome yeah um so i actually while i was finishing up strangers on a train i went on amazon and like started going through and adding a whole bunch of hitchcock movies in my wish list because i'm gonna just keep watching these things because they're really the, the cool thing about them is you can just throw them in and watch them in the background, and they are just really entertaining. Mm-hmm. They're well-written movies. He's a great um, filmmaker. Because even in like, even as dumb as as on paper, as dumb as a sequence like the one in Strangers on a Train, when um, the bad guys dropped the piece of evidence that he has uh, to frame the other guy, he's dropped it into a storm drain. He's like reaching down to try and get it, and there's this amazing shot of like. He's reaching, and his fingertips are just barely touching the thing, and he's like almost caressing it, trying to just get a little traction, and he finally gets it and pulls it up. It's an amazing shot. Like it's just, it's fantastic to watch. Even if, even if when you take a step back, you're like, this is a stupid excuse for a scene. Like this is a really, you're Hitchcock, and this is what you thought up was like, oh, what if he drops it down a storm drain? Like it's Mm -hmm. so obvious. Um, but it is, he makes it a really compelling sequence. Yep. So yeah, totally worth checking out. So Ryan, what have you been watching? Uh, I only watched a few things too. I actually watched a, a Scream Factory Blu-ray and I, I got this Blu-ray based solely on the title and the cover art and it's called, uh, from a whisper to a scream. I just love that name for a horror film. And yeah. in it, it's Vic, uh, Vincent Price is holding his own severed head on the cover. I just think it's so dynamic and, 
when it, the thing that's cool scream factory is in all their movies is they have reversible covers so they come with a slip cover and then they have a reversible cover on the other side even if it's not their collector's edition where they um have somebody do the art for it they still have reversible covers um and I, this one is actually was released in united states in the theaters as the offspring so that is not as a cool as title and um the art is way worse and i'm guessing it's because the mpaa wouldn't allow a severed head on the original mm, probably um, like you know artwork because they're lame um but in it it's actually it i think it was shot in 1986 or 87 i can't remember but it's a it's an anthology horror film so right around the time when creep show and um tales from the dark side were really popular in movies uh trilogy of terror if you're a horror movie fan um, so in it, it's about this, it starts off really surreal where this lady is getting out of the shower, um, and she's putting on a dress. And when she does, she's about to kill her husband. Then it cuts to her being in, um, she's about to kill her husband with yeah. a dress. Yeah. Like it, it was like a really surreal, like it was a dream moment where oh, okay. she, you'd have to see it. Like she's walking and there's like fog and stuff. And, and then it cuts to her being executed because she killed her husband and she's executed and a reporter goes to see her her uncle who's a librarian in this sit, uh, town called Oldfield, Tennessee. And Oldfield, Tennessee has dark secrets. And so basically Vincent Price is telling stories uh, about the past of Oldfield. And each one takes place a little farther in the past. The first one is just bizarre. It's, uh, it's with uh, Clue Gallagher who is uh, – if you've seen Return of the Living Dead – He's um, Bert in Return of the Living Dead. And he plays uh, like a schlub who is in love with this really beautiful woman he works with. And so one day he comes home and he takes care of his like mentally challenged sister. Or she, She's not like uh, retarded, but she has something wrong with her. Yeah. And so he has to give her baths and stuff. And, um, and so he goes on this date with this girl and he's so in love with her that he kills her. And... After he kills her, uh, he goes to her funeral, and it's implied that he sleeps with her, her corpse. So, you know, necrophilia. And, yeah, I know. So, you know, necrophilia. <laughs> yeah, in case you didn't know if I, if I was beating around the bush too much. And he goes home, and his sister, he needs to give a bath to her again, and he gets mad at her, and he kills her. And he's downstairs drinking a beer. And then it cuts to a cem- the cemetery where this lady was buried. Yeah. But I forgot. I- the, leaving- the one that he banged. Yeah. Okay. I'm leaving out a part that there was a little um, cutaway and it said nine months later. And. Oh, snap. Yeah. Oh, no. So something's crawling out of the grave. And. Is it his dead people rape baby? It is. Oh, no. So it's this baby that's dead. And. It's running around terrorizing him. And then at the last bit of this little tale is he, the little rape baby, the rape dead, dead zombie dead, baby. Dead people rape baby. Yeah. Um, trips him down the stairs. He falls. He looks up and it's this like animatronic zombie baby. And it says daddy. And so it's a robot the, dead people yeah. rape baby. And that's the end of that one. Um, oh man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's pretty great. That's pretty great. <laughs> You have to see this movie to believe it. It's, it's so bizarre. Um, what's the second one? 
Why can't I remember it? It's a picnic uh, where the dead people rape baby oh, takes the, his girlfriend to the <laughs> park. The second one t- is like this one that takes place in the 50s. And this guy from who played Bernie at Weekend at Bernie's, uh, I think his name is Terry Kisser. Kissing, kissing is he him? already dead in this movie or is he? He will be. Okay. Um, <laughs> but so he runs away from these people that are bad and he gets shot and he's ends up in this swamp and he's picked up by this old black man and the old black man like gives him back his health and he can't figure out why and uh so the old black man leaves his cabin on the swamp and while he's gone if the if, if the old black man is a voodoo magician like uh... so while the old black man is gone the Bernie, I don't remember his character's name, so I'm just going to call him Bernie. <laughs> right, yeah, Bernie. Or if you've seen Friday the 13th Part 7, he's Dr. Cruz. Um, okay. So Bernie. Right. So yeah, Bernie Cruz. Bernie Cruz, there you go. Um, <laughs> is searching through his old cabin on the swamp, and he finds out that the this black guy has been alive for hundreds of years, and he's a voodoo guy. Oh, son of a bitch. I'm not of joking. Of course he's a voodoo guy. Um, so he said... So uh, All old black men who live in swamps are voodoo know, masters. Right? So this Bernie, so Bernie Cruz says he wants to live forever too, and so for three weeks he's. Uh, this is a prequel to Weekend at Bernie's, isn't yeah. it? So for three weeks he's um, teaching him, you know, voodoo incantations and things like that. And towards the end, uh, Bernie Cruz gets really pissed and he kills the black guy yeah. and dumps his body in the swamp. Come. And he comes back and he thinks it's some sort of juice that he's drinking. But, oh, black guy shows up again. And because <laughs> he's been alive for so long. But actually, the ending, the payoff is really good in this one because I, I forget the black guy's name, but he ties him up <laughs> okay. onto like uh, his, outside his door uh, in his old cabin on the swamp. Yeah. And uh, Bernie Cruz is like, uh, don't you're going to kill me. He's like, oh, I ain't going to kill you. I, 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 Isa can't kill you. No, I'm just kidding. He does not say Isa. No, Isa can't kill you. That was a color of purple joke. Um, That's horrible. uh, So he he said, uh, that I can't kill you now, but I can make you suffer. So he chops him up and lights him on fire, but he can't die because he gave him eternal life because when he was shot, he actually already did that thing on him. So, I mean, the ending payoff is really good. Yeah. Um, the third one is something I can't remember. Um, oh, but then the black guy comes back. <laughs> that, was so, that was so good. The, the fourth one is actually pretty interesting. It's not. It's more like a Tales from the Crypt episode. Okay, where it takes place right after the Civil War, and these Union soldiers are just killing a bunch of uh, Confederates who the war is over, and the Union soldiers don't know that, but they kill the Confederates anyways after they find out that the war is over, and eventually they're captured by this group of confederate little kids and it's kind of scary because these kids are demons no they're okay. like straight kids but they don't all their parents were killed in the war so any union soldiers come by they kill them and eat them it's a really oh my cannibal kids yes yeah, so it's a cannibal really, kids like, <laughs> the last uh the last story is really good yeah um because it's different and it, you don't think it really go away it was and they they said, oh, you should meet the magistrate. And he's like, who's the magistrate? And it's their parents, like, body parts all sewn together. And it's a, oh. it's a little creepy. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like the I like the first one because it was so, like, zany and campy. And then the last one was really good. And then 
Vincent Price dies at the end. Um, daddy. Yeah, daddy. Um, the <laughs> the second thing I watched was Dracula Untold. I oh I, oh snap! I really wanted to see it, and I'm. It's not that bad. Okay. It's how do I? It's like a, a superhero movie with Dracula. All right. Um, sure. Yeah, I kind of remember the trailers. It looked like they were setting yeah. it up that way. It's like, oh, there's Dracula I, being good and saving yeah, the day. Because I know something. this movie is supposed to set off like Universal shared monsters universe. Um, anyways, the, the opening starts really cool. It's like this. Um, it's basically like a comic book. It's these. It's telling the story of what happens to Dracula before he's Dracula, where he is a little boy who is sold into a Turkish. Um, slave camp was given to him by his father. He's a prince. And so he was, you know, I, so he was basically a little slave boy. And then he got out and the way he keeps the Turks happy is he pays them off and no more of their children are, um, taken as slaves. And a little later in the movie, the Turks obviously back out of the deal and they say, no, we want a thousand of your boys. And, uh, Dracula, he's not Dracula, he's Vlad or something. Yeah. And he runs into a vampire in a cave played by... Um, uh, Max Shrek. No, I wish. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was played by Charles Dance. Does that sound right? He's the bad guy in Last Action Hero. Oh. and Yeah, I think that's his name. Anyways, uh, he says, yeah, I can turn you into a vampire and you'll have all the powers of a hundred men and you can you won't die. Um, you won't fully turn into a vampire if after three days you don't drink human blood, but he said the thirst will, you know, will be unbearable. And if so, if he can last for three days without drinking human blood, he won't become Dracula. And so he goes and he's, you know, taken on the Turks and all this other stuff. And I won't spoil the movie, but something happens where obviously he turns into Dracula. Um, Spoilers. Yeah. He had some blood. Yeah. He, he has to do something. It's actually done a, the movie visually is beautiful. The director does a, a really cool job. Some of the CG is meh. Um, and you could tell from the trailers, but yeah, I mean, the acting's really good in it. Um, and, and there's some pretty great moments in it. it I, I told somebody on Twitter, it almost works. It's so close to being a really cool movie. And I think it's hurt that it's PG-13 because there's these epic battles yeah. where Dracula's you know, killing people and slashing them, but there's no payoff in it it's just so it's like him stabbing somebody with a spear and you just see them fall over and yeah to sure. me that's just weird especially when you're making a monster movie yeah it's dragula yeah it should be rated r people are so afraid of rated r movies it's bizarre it's because they make less money allegedly <laughs> well i'm sure it's a fact yeah but... they make less money <laughs> like yeah. or if you just tell a good story and you the you know a rated r helps it the um, Matrix. Hey, I'm I'm um, on your side. I'm just saying they make less money. Yeah. They got to go after all those teenager so, tickets. If you're looking for yeah, a different yeah. kind of um, Dracula movie, I definitely would see it. I mean, it's an origin tale. Yeah. Um, it is better than I thought it was going to be, actually. That, so. that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I, so, yeah, it almost works. It almost works. It just kind of falters. I mean, the end is really cool. It, I, I love the ending of this movie. Not the tag ending. But right. You mean the actual ending ending, not the, like... Not, the ending of the movie. Not like the yeah. stinger, but the... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because yeah. the stinger actually ends with Charles Dan saying, let the games begin. Like, he's going to recruit more monsters or something. And uh, 
And the last thing I watched this week is I rewatched Punisher 24, which is, you know, from 2004, is the one with Thomas Jane. Oh, that one. Oh, okay. And I don't remember it being as campy as it was. It's campy? Yeah. Really? The opening parts are really campy. Really? Like the part at the beach? Yeah. I I know. I forgot where Scheider was in it. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Um, And then he dies. I know. Really early. Yeah. I think it's really the director's fault because... That, like, I don't remember beside his wife and son being run over, right? <laughs> that's not campy. No, but the way it's shot, it seems campy because oh. Roy Scheider dies after he gets shot and he stabs some dude in the back while he's attacking Frank Castle, the Punisher, and he dies oh. and his eyes are wide open. He like is looking at the camera. He's like, Ugh. <laughs> and then there's uh, a I'm part dead. where. John Travolta, who plays Saint, I forget his first name, Vincent Saint or something Bad like that. Bad guy. Bad guy. Bad guy Travolta. Yep. Um, his wife once, because Frank Castle's an undercover FBI agent and their son dies in this arm, deal's arm that goes, this arms deal that goes wrong. Her husband, John Travolta's wife wants Frank Castle's family dead. Yes. And so after she finds out that Frank Castle and his family is dead, she comes out and she says, you, you avenged our son's death. And then she takes off her dress and she's in lingerie. I'm like, oh, so your son's still dead and you just killed a bunch of people. So that makes you want to fuck. Yeah, she's a crazy lady. Yeah. But it, the payoff is still really great in the movie. Um, once it gets past some of the campiness, it's still, I still think it's not a bad Punisher movie. I don't um, I, still, I'm, I don't remember the campy I'll let you borrow it. Um, yeah, I, I remember really It's weird, it. too, because it's a Blu-ray that doesn't have any special features. Weird. You put it in, and it shows, I think, two trailers, and it literally goes right to the movie. Weird. There's not even... I don't even think there's a menu on it. Man, that's like that's like Firewalker status. Yeah, I know. That's really bad. But I, mean, I think that movie did all right. He did like 50 mil or something. Oh, I did. I forgot a movie I got to talk about here in a second. All hey. right. So, so yeah, it, it was campier than I remembered it, but I still actually had fun watching it. So. Cool. Cool. Um, is it better than Electra? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know... I have to tell you this. You know what I got in the mail this week? Mm-hmm. It was my Blu-ray copy of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. You for did you. not. Yeah, I did. I pre-ordered it while we were, or I ordered you, it while we were on the show did. last week. How much you spend on that? Uh, like seven bucks. Okay, I'd say that's a piece of shit. You it might is as well not. Just wipe your ass with seven dollars. I'm gonna have to rewatch it too because I, I'm really gonna fight you that that's the worst comic book movie. Like I, I'm I don't trying to think, think of it's one worse. Bad. I know I, I ordered Howard the Duck on DVD, so I'll see. I mean, I think that Electra is worse. Oh, I have to watch it again. I, I yeah, can't judge it. I, I saw League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in theaters, and yes. I wanted my money back. So, yeah, and I, I didn't spend money on Electra, and I was happy. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't seen I any know. of those. You're not good. missing anything. Yeah, good. That's a good thing. Um, anyway, the opening ten minutes of Electra is cool, but then they tell a story, and you're like, "Oh, this sucks." <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. Um. Cool. Do you have anything else? Nope. That's it. Cool. Well, I did. I've, I'm sorry. I forgot one thing, um, which is that. So, a couple weeks ago, after I bought um, Firewalker, I was like, "Man, I want to go get a whole bunch of other like cool Indiana Jones style movies that I can find." Um, so I've been looking around for some, and I bought this one called The High Road to China, which I thought, based on the cover, was going to be like a cool Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because like here, look, look, look at this cover. Look at that cover. That's an Indiana Jones style movie, right? Yeah. That 
looks like Tom Selleck, who right. was originally Indiana Jones. Right. So there's Tom Selleck. There's a pretty lady. There's guns. There's planes flying all over the place. Just planes, there's like planes. Yeah, biplanes flying all over the place. Like he's wearing like a cool duster. Um, there's guns involved, and there's people running at the bottom of it. Um, so, The High Road to China is a movie about this um, really wealthy, spoiled woman um, played by Bess Armstrong, who uh, basically she gets word they're in Britain, and basically she gets word like, hey, this guy comes over and he's like, hey, this this dude who doesn't like your dad very much, uh, but is his like work partner, um, your dad's been missing for a really long time, and this dude wants to claim him like deceased because he's been missing for so long. But if he does that, like the your dad's will states that he gets control of your dad's company, which means you will lose everything. So she's like, "Oh shit, I gotta go find my dad real quick." So she like runs to this field and she finds uh, Tom Selleck, and he's got a couple of planes, and he's a he's a drunkard. Does he have, have a cool voice? I love Tom Selleck's voice. Um, he has Tom Selleck's voice, so it's cool voice. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. Um, and he uh. And he's like, oh, man, like, I'm super drunk. And she's like, oh, man, like, I need you to find me places. And he's like, oh, I'm super drunk, though. Yeah. And um, and she's got, he's got two planes. So she rents his two planes for, like, a, 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 a gajillion pounds for, like, a week. Um, and she proves real fast, like, that she can fly a plane, too, right? Like, she's a tougher, she's a tougher broad than he gives her credit for. Uh, so they get in the planes, and they they fly off, and they're, they're trying to track down her dad. Um and then they tracked down her dad, and her dad is played by Wilford Brimley, Sweet. and he's working like in some mines or some shit up in China. And Does he have diabetes? Uh, no, not yet, not yet. But he, he's probably going to get it. Diabetes. Diabetes. And he, um, and he's helping these people out there to try and like, uh, I don't know, fight off this um, this other army of like people who are invading, um. And and then they end up helping, and the lady like she flies the plane, and she's Bess Armstrong is like dropping bombs on these people, Sweet. and it makes for some pretty good action scenes. But it is not, it is not at all a like pulp adventure movie. And in fact, there are just a lot of scenes where it's like, we need to go places. Is the movie good? Um, it <sighs> it's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah, like if if it were nineteen eighty three. And I were bored one weekend, and I thought, I'm going to go see a movie This in the theaters. I, I would go see High Road to China and go, like, yeah, that was that was pretty fun. That's um, weird. It totally looks like it, so you shouldn't judge a movie by its cover. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. So that, how did you even find that? You just, did you type in, like, Indiana Jones cover movies? I was just, uh, I think I think Amazon recommended it based oh, on the other things that I bought. bought. Yeah. Because yeah. um, they were probably saying, like, hey, this has got I'm a cover sure. Vampiro's Lesbos is online. <laughs> I'm gonna look. I'm, gonna I'm see. sure it is. Uh, and it's weird. So they keep cutting back to, they keep cutting back to this um, to the bad guy, right? Who wants to steal all of her dad's money? Mm-hmm. And he's this like really campy British dude, and he's got like this uh, this guy who works for him. Um, and there's these weird scenes where like this guy will run in and be like, "We haven't figured out where she's going yet," or like she hasn't found her do- found her father yet, because they keep sending like bad guys to try and stop them. Um, and I think I'll be, there'll be these really weird, um, like almost not slapsticky, but just quirky scenes where like the main bad guys, like, why are you wearing that silly tie? Like, take that off. And then in the next scene, the guy's like, why aren't you wearing a tie? You look so disheveled. And the guy's like, cause I'm out of ties. And, and then like, that's supposed to be really funny. Um, but it's not very funny. So 
I don't know. If, if you want to see a Tom Selleck movie, this is one of them. <laughs> but that's um, what I watched this week. It's not on there, but Tentacles, double feature with Reptilicus is on there. <laughs> Reptilicus. Satan's Blade is on there. Uh, is on oh is on, on my recommendations. recommendations. Oh, God. It it the terror from beyond. Hey, that on that there. one's on mine too. Is it really? Yeah. And Game of Thrones. So, <laughs> um, quite the eclectic taste there. Uh, what are we doing next, James? Uh, I think all we have left is comics. Cool. What's up, nerds? It's the comics corner. So I wrote an article on our website about a comic you should pick up because I call this new articles I'm writing called The Greatest Comic Stories. Cool. And uh, this one is from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season eight, issue five, and it's called The Chain. And this is maybe my favorite single issue of Buffy ever. Um, Actually, I know it it is. Yeah, no, it it certainly is. Uh, In it... You meet a girl. I'm going to tell you what your favorite is. Yeah, no, it, you're right. Um, I was trying to be more diplomatic about it. <laughs> In it, you meet this girl who is bestowed the gift. The what, gift is... What's her name? You don't know. <gasps> uh, so she's bestowed the gift of being a slayer at the end of Buffy Season 7. You know that she empowered all the women who had the slayer demon seed in them. <laughs> I... I, I Something like that. Yeah, you're or good. blood. Yeah. Or uh, blood. Yeah. Something all like that. Potentials. P- potentials. So they all were given this power so it wouldn't just fall on Buffy to save the world. Um, you meet this girl and she turns out to be a really very good slayer. She kind of looks like Buffy. And she is basically Buffy's double. And she, spoilers, she goes at the very beginning. She, You don't know this, but Buffy is killed. At the very beginning of this comic, the opening panel is Buffy dead. And then it goes back in time. It's telling you all these stories about this, the, telling you a story about this girl. And then she eventually looks like Buffy, kind of. And she's leading this charge into this underground um, cave where there's fairies and slug slime monsters fighting this Yana demon. And uh, so she's, they said, oh, if he hears your name, he's going to be afraid of you. And so she goes down there and... She dies, and the end of the comic ends so beautifully where it uh, – I'll bring up – because I love the, the monologue that it says. Let me bring this up real fast. The artwork in it is really good. It's written, obviously, by uh, Joss Whedon. Uh, art by Paul Lee on that Paul issue. Paul Lee, is, that is correct. And it, uh, the, the cover is this buffy, like, mask. Being, it's so great. Yeah, so the, the Joe Chen art cover is um, – Sarah Michelle Geller like ripping off a, ma- a mask of her face. The George's Jaunty cover is a really cool one. It's, it's one yeah, of my favorite it's, Jaunty it's, covers. I want you. <laughs> yeah, so it's a it's it's a Buffy poster on the wall, like a like recruiting slayers. Uncle Sam, yeah, like the Uncle Sam I want you poster um, with a with a girl standing in front of it. And that one's really good. Uh, the Paul Lee cover is a really cool one of Buffy jumping and attacking a whole group of of. Um, of uh, of demons. That one's pretty cool. I have all three of them. Yeah, so. me too. <laughs> so uh, here's you know, so here's what it says. Um, she says, so at the book ends with a narrator who is telling the reader, you don't have to remember me. You don't even have to know who I am, but I do. And so <sighs> it's so great because it's just. It, it, here, you've, uh, you've gotten you've you've read through the entire book and you don't realize that you haven't learned her name mm-hmm. and so in that moment when she says you don't even like you don't even know who i am 
that's a it's a really cool powerful moment i know i even put an because i'm such a great writer um <laughs> i wrote my paragraph afterwards that joss whedon tells a heartbreaking story without telling the name of the young lady who was killed in battle and without buffy even being in the issue for a book yep. that's called buffy the vampire so she's not even in it it's a powerful one shot about sacrificing for something bigger than you yeah and that's the whole that's the whole point of the story is yeah she might have died but she realizes how important it is in the overall story and it's a great issue. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things that was also true in the, in the TV show where some of the best stories that they tell are of the little, like the little characters along the side that aren't necessarily important to the story. Um, but he'll focus on their, either their version of the story or, or what, what adventure they're on. Um, I mean, I've talked many times before about like, how the Zeppo is one of my favorite episodes mm-hmm. of of Buffy, and that's an episode where like the apocalypse is happening in the background, but we're following Xander on his quirky little like, oh no, there's these fret boy zombies running yep. all over town. Like, ah, how do I save this? Yeah, it's um, it's great. Yeah, so and he's it, really good. It, at it's that. such a great issue. So it's season eight, number five. It's called mm-hmm. The Chain. It's um, not hard to find. It's not hard to find, but if you want to get a really cool version of it, you can get if you get Buffy the Vampire Slayer Library Edition Volume Ooh. One, you can definitely pick it up. You can get a call, it's usually twenty nine dollars. You can get it twenty percent off at Colorado Coins Cards and Comics. Um, just ask Andrew and he can find it for you. It's a gorgeous book. Um, so yeah, that's the one is the chain. Um, I reread that, and I, I I don't know why what made me want to read it again. But after I read, it, I said, I'm going to start writing articles about stories maybe you haven't heard of, mm-hmm. and that was one of them. So that's yeah, the comic book. I've got that issue signed by George's Johnson. Me too. <laughs> cool. Sounds like a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Right on. Um, this week we went and saw Maggie. Rafe, should people go see Maggie? Uh, they could probably skip it. <laughs> That's not skip it. Is what you're saying? Yeah. All right, James. Um, for me, no. Um, I. I was really, really bored and frustrated by this movie, and I have some serious issues with it, so I honestly wouldn't recommend it to pretty much anyone. That's so weird. I really loved this movie. Did you really? I really did. Um, I can't wait to get into it with you guys. Um, If you're still on the fence and I'm right and they're wrong, uh, here's the trailer for Maggie. Dad, you've protected me all my life. Now it's my turn to protect you. There is life with you, not with me. Don't come looking for me. I'm safe. I'm fine. Mr. Vogel. someone with this type of infection. Dad! I need you to follow the rules here. Quarantine is eight weeks in. She's probably going to show more signs of aggression and hunger. When that happens, say your goodbyes and get her straight into quarantine. Promised your mother that I will protect you.
Quarantine rules apply to everybody, Wade. So in the uh, let's tell people about the movie first before you tear it apart. I'm not. I'm not. Um, so in the movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger stars as a man named Wade, whose daughter has been bitten by a zombie, and she slowly turns into a zombie. And there's a quarantine zone that she is supposed to go to, and instead he decides to take her with him and not take her to the quarantine zone. And the whole movie is basically watching the deterioration of her health. What the hell is that? So that, was, that was ice falling in my freezer. Okay. The, the, uh, her health fading, she's slowly dying, and yeah. the relationship between her and um, Wade. Um, Which is an awesome, brilliant idea for a movie. The the, the fact that they take the, the normal zombie story and say, and take something that we all assume about zombies and turn it on its head, which is... In normal zombies, it's like, okay, well, you turn and you usually turn pretty quickly. And in this case, like... It's a while. And it's agonizing. Yeah, like it's a long, and it long deals transformation. With the re- and it deals with Brilliant. the the people that maybe ha- you don't see in zombie movies where right. it's the average person and how do they deal with these these things transpiring. Right. And, and there's there's also this whole thing going on in the background where the the plague seems to have some kind of effect on plants sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Like there, there are food shortages, and there are farmers burning down their entire fields. And so, visually, I mean, especially those first ten minutes or so, visually, the, the movie is really cool looking, um, and the world seems really well, um, not not just fleshed out, but like imagined. You know? Yeah. Well, and that's too. What I, I what I really liked about this movie too is you don't get very many movies about the after of zombie apocalypse it's always you're yeah. right at the beginning or in the middle of it yeah this is one where where everything is pretty much i mean i think because the transformation is so slow it feels like it's a it's a zombie apocalypse that they managed yeah you know right like the people who are left are not necessarily the the elite um i mean it seems like that there's just a good portion of the community that is still you know there um it's not like it's you know some some small ragtag group of people. Like it seems like a lot of people survived mm-hmm. um, because if it takes that long to turn, to, to turn somebody, it's a lot easier to manage, to manage the it, crisis. You know, then if it's like, Hey, you get bit and 15 minutes later, you're the worst or immediately even in some cases. Yeah, I too. I think that's why this movie is so effective too, because in other zombie movies, you know, they turn so quickly yeah. that people are, it's almost like you don't have the emotional connection to something like that, even though it might be someone you love. So you're able to dispatch them really quickly because they turn and right. are evil really fast. And why I think this movie worked really well is the turn is really slow and they right. start showing little telltale signs of them turning mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to bring them back. And I, I think Schwarzenegger right. is great in this movie. He, he is. And, and you're right. There is, there is plenty of time in this movie where they could, make me relate to and feel bad for 
Maggie and her family as she slowly turns. It's too bad they don't take advantage of that. Okay, so now I've, I, I've told you a little bit why I like it. Now let's start arguing about why you didn't like it. I, I basically watched an hour and 45 minute movie where I was waiting for her to die because every scene, about 10 minutes in, there starts being actual like dialogue-driven scenes, and it is poorly written and not always well-acted. Schwarzenegger's great. The woman who plays his wife... Jolie Richardson. Uh, who usually is great. I think it's honestly that the script here is just not good. A lot of the dialogue here is pretty pointless. They don't really ever say anything. Do you have an example? Uh, yeah, all of it. Well, That's like, not none, an example. No, That's I mean, like me saying, I loved everything about this. Okay, so... Not being specific. It's because there's things that are missing in the movie. What do you mean? So, uh, hold on. I know. I'm, 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 I'm poking you right now. I know, but <laughs> let me explain to you. He's getting there. So you have... You start off with these sort of obscure references to like, okay, she ran away or something, mm-hmm. and there's just there is no real there's no real tension between her and her father other than what should be there because she is a zombie. But I need something to make me understand the relationship between these characters. Really? Because I, I got sorry, I got from that that he was tiptoeing around it because he felt that he was partly responsible for it. One. And two, that their relationship was already damaged, so he didn't know, like, okay, here, I'll give you an example. So the scene where he comes in um, to her room, and he says, you know, uh, Carolyn made us dinner, if you would, so come down and eat. And she says, I'm not hungry. And then he talks about something else, like he's avoiding it, because they have uh, an unhealthy relationship, and that they don't connect at all. Yeah. And so he doesn't know what to say to her, because she's dying, and he doesn't want to bring up that she's dying. So he's trying to say, you know, come eat something, and then you really should eat something. And so there's that disconnect that they have. And so he doesn't know how because, yeah, I mean, the whole movie is you're just waiting for her to die. Because yeah. that's the uneasiness, I think, of the movie. Uh, but I don't mean I'm waiting for her to die, like, and that's agonizing. I'm waiting for her to die because I don't care about her at all. Like, there's nothing about the way that that character is written that makes me feel... I don't, I don't, have, to, I don't have to necessarily feel bad for her, like oh, well, she's a good person or anything like that. Like, I just need to feel like she's got any kind of meat on her bones. Like, that character to me is so threadbare that it, it's just a stand-in. It's just like, oh, well, she is a daughter, and he's a father. And, I, and I really don't feel that there is a but lot I of... I think that's the point, too, because you're just dealing with normal people. You're not... Yeah, but, but if, if that's the point in a movie where there is very little going on... If you don't give me real scenes with real characters really, like, really fleshing themselves out, if you don't let them talk to each other, if you don't put them in situations that make them show who they really are, then what I'm left with is just two pretty bare-bones characters who don't talk to each other, and one of them is going to die. And well, it doesn't make me feel anything for them. And And the scenes where they try to are pretty pathetic. Like the 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 scenes where it's like, oh well, she goes and like there's this boy and they're supposed to feel bad or whatever. Like it's just there's really not anything there for me to grab onto. But I see. To me, when I see that, I don't think that's the point. I think it's you're supposed to be following her th- as she dies, and so maybe not every scene's going to be, you know, you're not waiting for like a Captain America moment or something like that because I don't think that's the point of the film. I think it's to show you that this happens to normal people. And 
when you already have a fractured relationship, you don't know what to say. You can't say that you're dying. And right. I, I, to me, I think that's the whole point of the film is that he lost that moment with her and that he went looking for her for two weeks after she got bit. But what about the time before? Was she, he just, you know, didn't care? Cause she even said, well, you don't care about me. That's great. I wish she had fucking said that. That would be a great movie. Yeah. Like, like someone fucking say something, do something, be someone. But, but they're me, not in the movie. But to me, that's implied in the the, the performances. And but you but can't I, imply everything. Yeah, if you it, imply everything, then all then all the movie is is what I bring to it, which is nothing. Like in this case. All I brought, to, like, I walked in and was like, "Oh, here, I'm gonna get this I interesting dark." The point of the These movie. vague illusions no. were just way too vague. Like, it was way too easy to misinterpret that, or yeah. you know, maybe not necessarily misinterpret. But I took away that maybe they just didn't really want to talk about the elephant in the room. That you know, she's exactly. Going That's to what die. I was saying. That's why no, his... about how she's you know weeks, days away from dying. Not necessarily mm-hmm. that they're relationship had problems in the past yeah Yeah. but that but that's what i mean their relationship did have problems in the past that's why they don't talk about the elephant in the room because it's too painful for him to reconcile the fact that he wasn't with his daughter who he promised his wife he would protect when she was bit by a zombie and that part of him hurts him so here's the thing even if we say you're right and that which i am that it's a brilliant movie where people don't talk very much unfortunately when they do talk fucking dog shit dialogue comes out of their mouths like really poorly written and not very well delivered lines of dialogue man the scene at her mom's um they walk out into the woods and they find like these the this place where daisies have grown and they have this nonsensical scene where they say this stuff that just oh wait how did this happen how do you think it happened someone planted some seed like like they say these lines of dialogue that it almost feels like they they cross shot it and then they didn't intercut the dialogue properly so that so that from one line to the next it actually makes sense like it's just this really bland pointless dialogue that doesn't doesn't tell me anything makes the characters seem stupid it a lot of the dialogue makes the characters say things that they shouldn't have to say and yet it doesn't allow them to say the things that they probably should so they'll there are literally scenes and a number of scenes where they're sitting around and it's a couple lines and it pretty much ends with her maggie saying like i don't feel well like maggie says a lot of stuff that's really really obvious and that's most of her dialogue is her saying things that are obvious to everyone. Um, it's just, it's really frustrating to watch these characters talk on screen because they don't say any of the things I want them to say. They don't talk in a way that makes me relate to them. And when they do talk, they talk in a way that makes them feel like they are written, like really, really written characters. Um, and that's that's really the part that frustrated me. It was like 10 minutes in, when they start having like the dinner sequence and, and there's these lines of dialogue where I'm just like, what are you, what are these people saying? Like, this does not sound like people talking. Like, I don't understand where they're coming from. Well, that's what I'm trying to say to you guys is like, you're missing the point is they don't know what to say to each other. No, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they don't, that the characters don't know what to say to each other. I'm saying that what was written for them to say seems like what no one would ever say ever. Like it's, it's really, they're saying things that are super obvious or just awkward to say. Because you don't want to, I mean, you you don't want to talk about the elephant in the room. You don't want to talk about that she's dying. So you're trying to find 
something to say that has nothing to do with anything. And I, to, to, but I mean, to, you already hit on the point. I think sometimes you, you got so frustrated with what's happening that sometimes little parts you might miss. It happens to me when I watch movies, you know, but like, you know, you're talking about the, the Daisy scene. He was talking about, well, you, when you ran away, you said you just wanted it to grow. And so I put it there and it grows. It's basically saying that even though stuff dies, it can still come back. And it's the only place where stuff is growing. And that is so obvious and dumb, though. It's not just, good writing. Th- there was so little to that scene for me, anyway, that like when they showed all the daisies, I thought that maybe they were starting to set up the side plot where, oh, Arnold figured out how to beat the plague and grow crops again or something like that. But it never even went in that direction no, at all. And it, it, that idea just started to form in my head because there wasn't really anything going on. And that that lack of attention is not an isolated incident. You also have things where there are these big scenes where, you know, they make a big deal out of the fact that her eyes have changed. And then in the next scene, her eyes change back. Like, that is such an obvious continuity error. And, you know, so there's a scene where her eyes change. And then she goes to the boy's house to see him. And her eyes are normal again in that scene. Um, Which is a thing, A, you should notice since you are cutting together this scene that it makes a big deal out of the fact that her eyes change. Um, and also, it doesn't matter where that scene is. Like, that's what's kind of frustrating is when you take a step back and you look at that scene where she goes to the boy's house, you could move that around. You could you could move it forward a little bit. Like, in the continuity, it actually doesn't affect anything. Yeah, um, but it's if in the movie, though, it's depending on her mood, though, is the eyes. Because when she's, like, calm and... Yeah, when she's calm, it's like that cloudy stuff. When she gets upset, they turn darker. Uh, when I don't think that's true at all. I think her eyes go go milky, and then they go black near the end when she's really turning. Because because the boy's eyes are black, and mm-hmm. he's he's pretty he's farther along than she is. There's that I mean, the scene when her eyes go go milky. She's relatively calm. No, that's what I mean. When she's upset, they're black. Y- yeah. It, so near the end, they go black, yeah. black. Yeah. But, but they're not they're not black in the scene at the boys' house. They're no, just yeah, normal. But they're dark. Yeah, yeah, they're normal. They're, they're no, blue it's a, again. It's a continuity issue. Milky. It's not like a. I don't think it's them being super smart. I think it's a continuity issue. Um, I like. It's like a, it's like the Hunger Games all over again. No, <laughs> no, that movie is just like like this movie is poorly assembled. And honestly, it really frustrates me because I think the idea here is brilliant, and I I see what could have been a really really. Really cool, cool movie, and I think that Schwarzenegger does an amazing job. Um, I think it's too bad that this movie sort of wastes the space that it fills. Um, it's, yeah, I was really. Fr- I mean, by the end, okay. So spoilers for the end of this movie, but she's turning into a zombie. Um, so. By the end, there's this really awesomely shot and cool sequence where she comes down the stairs. Um, and, you know, whatever, like, if you think hair kissing his forehead is too much or whatever, like, I'm I'm kind of indifferent to it. Um, I just but, thought it, it went on a little too long. Like, Yeah, like, she holds it for a long time. Like, like yeah. when, you, when you break that tension, all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, this is yeah. what's happening. Yeah, they broke the just, tension by having her put her lips on uh, Schwarzenegger's forehead. Right, which is good. And, but then she stays there for... Yeah, too but long. I, I mean, I, I think at that point you are sort of nitpicking, but, it, it um, nitpick. but then so she goes up to the roof and she's going to jump off, um, which 
I don't even know that I f- fully understand. Um, but, but I do know I, when the screen goes white, I was sitting there literally thinking in my, in my mind, like, ah, oh, man, I really hope you just go to credits here. Even though that would be a horrible ending to this movie. I really just hope you go to credits because I just wanted to escape. Like that's how much I hated this movie was I just needed it to be over. And then sure enough, I seriously don't get so much hate from this movie. It's uh, so crazy. I, I really hated it. Um, I was that frustrated by it. And, and I do think it's also a bad ending. Like why I don't usually I'm usually I'm way into ends endings that are, um, somewhat ambiguous. I'm like, I write those kind of endings. I really love those kind of endings. This is not that to me. So, okay. So let's take it to the next conclusion. So she jumps off the roof. She's a zombie. So she's not dead. Like she is just a zombie with broken legs. Yeah. She's got some broken legs. Right. So the next scene is her dad goes out and shoots her. Right. I need that scene. Why? Because, because that is that character's conclusion. Like there is something emotional to that scene. And that's the actual ending of this story. Un- yeah. You've you've well, left me three steps from know, from an actual see, con- like is, resolution. You guys, you're you're getting so frustrated with it. I think you missed the most important part of the ending. So she's coming down and she's a zombie. Yeah, she kisses him on the forehead. Yes. See, the thing you know is, well, he, is she really a zombie or is she still herself? Which that's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. But I'd see, love to see, see a movie the like most that. important thing of that is Schwarzenegger knew what she was doing. He didn't wake up on purpose because he trusted her because he purposely left the gun unloaded. Like he knew, and he waited for her to do it, and he waited for her to leave, and then he went after her, because he trusted her enough to know that there's a part of them that's still alive. Remember, he said it at, when he killed those two people. He's like, I looked in their eyes, and I knew that there was still a part of them in there. So even though she was a zombie, he knew it, and he took that chance with her kissing him on the forehead and leaving. But then he also knew he had a responsibility. That if she got out and she was a zombie, he had to end it. But she got out and took care of it herself. And so even if he found her and she was not dead, I'm pretty sure he would have killed her anyways. Because that's the part of the ending of what happened, is he knew. And he took that chance because he knew his daughter would never hurt him. And he also got, remember, he got that idea too from the lady who was in the house with her her daughter and her husband that turned into a zombie. Like, he, he knew that even though that they're zombies and they might have that moment of regret, he he could find a way and he knew that his daughter would never hurt him. That's why he didn't load the gun. That's why he just let her kiss him and let her leave because he knew once she left that he'd have to go get her. And that's why there was a scene of him picking up the shell, loading the shotgun and leaving. You're right. So no, you're right. So to me, I, I, the whole movie makes sense there. And that's why, even though they had a fractured relationship, even though they didn't talk about the stuff you didn't want them to talk about, I thought that's why it worked. And that's why I loved this movie because it's a zombie movie from a different point of view. The performance by Schwarzenegger was great. And that the ending I thought was super powerful that he knew what was going to happen. And his, his daughter's either going to kill him and or bite him and then he's going to have to kill her anyways. Or he's going to take that chance that there's a part of her still in there. And he said it at the, the two people that came at that he had to kill the little girl and the man yeah. and he, he tried to tell people that the whole the whole movie he says no there's a part of him still there and even his wife mm-hmm. said no they're gone they're gone once they're yeah. he said he saw something in their exactly eyes. so he knew that part and that's why I, I like i said i love this movie 
because I love zombie movies and I love movies that take chances. And um, I had parts. And, that's, I, and yeah. you know that it's not like I no. don't. Um, but I am. You're, you're right, though. So that is that is better than the way I read it. But I will say I didn't read it that way because the first two thirds of this movie are no, not good. And, and, that, and that's fine. And, you know, um, you know, everybody has different opinions. Yeah. And that's. And, you know, this movie is divisive amongst everybody. Yeah. I think it's something like 50% on Rotten Tomatoes because the, some people like me who love it hit all those parts. The people I've read the reviews. The people who don't like it have said everything you guys have said. Yeah. And it's um, – and, and nothing I can change say can never change people's opinions about it. Um, I think it's a movie you have to see because you have to form your own opinion about it. Um uh, no, I mean, yeah. You, you're Even not, when it's yeah. done, no, I wouldn't tell anybody to see this movie. Yeah. Honestly, I think it was just a little too slow for me. Like, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I never really got absorbed into yeah. it. Yeah, and, that, um, and that's the thing. If you get if you watch a slow movie and you're not into it, it's like a zombie lurching after you. It's horrible. Yeah. I mean, I get that part of it. Yeah, but I enjoyed the movie. So fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> get fucked. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I just man, I. I think it's a brilliant idea for a movie with some really great stuff in it that I really wish had a better writer and a better director. I'm pretty um, sure it was on the Hollywood blacklist. It was like one of the great. movies they wanted to make so bad. There's a lot of shit that ends up in the Hollywood blacklist. Yeah. Not all of it is great. No, I'm not saying that. Um, I mean, the, the I just remember reading, I, I think reading more, about Schwarzenegger. He was a producer on it because he really wanted to make the movie. Yeah. The blacklist mm-hmm. is more political than people are willing to admit. It's well, not like... Oh, no, yeah. Like I mean, a, everything in... It's not like everything this magic list of like, ooh, everything on here is some indie darling. It's a <laughs> yeah. brilliant script that's going to change the world. No, it's not. It's not it. So yeah, I think you should see it. These guys don't. You can make up your own mind. Um, we can say uh, uh, Dan was was with us, and he was a big fan as well. So we were we were oh, so pretty yeah, much split fifty percent. So yeah. we're like yeah. rotten tomatoes. There you go. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It was it was interesting. Um, I can, but like I said, I can see why people like. Because again, if you're not into a slow moving movie, it's tough. But I was into it, so it seemed like an hour and a half to me. Yeah. I'm into a lot of slow-moving movies. Yeah. I liked The Counselor. Yeah. I still like The Counselor. I still haven't seen it. You'll probably hate it. I haven't either. Probably. There's, there's a guy at work who like just saw it, and he keeps like asking everyone every day, like, did you see The Counselor did yet? You the counselor? Did you see The Counselor yet? <laughs> Have you guys watched Friends? It's a really good show. <laughs> what the fuck? Are, what, what is your deal, man? Man, like, when's the last time we had a movie where... Two people hated it in one person. Especially you and I. Yeah. We Um, have pretty similar tastes. Yeah. Like, if anything, it's like, you'll, I'll love it and you'll be like, bah. But. Interesting. But this is one where I'm like, I I want my money back. I know. I mean, I haven't seen this fired up since. Yeah. Oh, no. Legally Blonde 2. As it was ending, I was like, shit. What the fuck did I say? Legally Blonde 2. Legally Blonde 2. You know I didn't watch that movie. I knew it was going to be a disappointment. (laughs) Because I really like Legally Blonde one, and I knew there was no way they could leave live up to that. Actually, I do think I've seen Legally Blonde two. I've I've um, never seen them. Oh, what's a oh, man? I can almost remember the subtitle Legally Blonde two. Um, anyway, Blonder. No, no, no. It's like a it's like a red, white, and blue. Like red, white, and blonde. It might be red, white, and blonde. Yeah, um, because I think she's running for like some kind of. You know, you know office. a little too much about this movie, James. Yeah, dude, Legally Blonde one is an entertaining movie. Um, um, Legally Blonde 1, better than Maggie. Um, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there was a... I'm looking it up on IMDb right now. Just you know, Good, so good, good, please. Uh, I won't be able to sleep unless I remember the subtitle of that movie. 
Um, there was a point in this movie though where I was sitting there thinking like, man, when was There's the last a legally time? Blonde's movie though, straight to DVD. Oh man. Oh good. Like I don't remember when the last time I was this angry about a movie was. Um, I know. I'm gonna have to <laughs> go back and and try to figure it out. Guess what the subtitle is? <sighs> what? Red, white, and blonde. Ah! <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. See, this is a 4.5 on IMDb. Let me see what. That's legally pretty blonde. bad. Yeah, I, that's really bad. No, on legally blonde two is not great. Let's see. Legally uh, Blonde 1 is pretty 6.2. It's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, you know. Let's see. I'm going to look up Maggie real fast and see. See what the fans say. Sure. Fuck the critics. Um, but yeah. 6.9. So people like Maggie more than Legally Blonde. Yeah, but there's a smaller um, uh, review group on Maggie. So you, you've got you've to wait until it has the however many thousands of reviews that Legally Blonde has before you have a... A, a real uh, comparable... 1,200-something. On Maggie? Yeah. Okay. So it's probably like... I'd say Legally Blonde is going to have like six or 7,000 reviews? When, if you go back to that one? Um, anyway. The guy who was the director of um, Maggie was also um, on The Help, Hangover oh. Part 3, Snow White and the Huntsman. I'm guessing is like a PA or something. Oh, okay. He, he wasn't the director. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think... It wouldn't make sense for him to be the, yeah. Um, John Scott three. What did John Scott three write? Let's see. He wrote Caves of Steel, which is still being worked on. Okay, so it's the writer's first movie. In case you're wondering, he's also the director of the 84th annual Academy Awards. Oh, and Resistance three, the video game. He's a trailer director for it. Well, I mean, I will say that Maggie is more entertaining than the uh, than the Oscars, so that's pretty good. Um, for August. Osage County. He was a cast title montage designer. Oh, shit. For The Lone Ranger, he was a title sequence designer. For The Last of Us, he was the title sequence director and designer. Okay, so the uh, this director, right, Henry Hobson, mm-hmm. um, I'll say this. Maggie is not as good as the end title credits to Fright Night. He did a better job on the end title credits to Fright Night than he did on Maggie. So I guess he's a production designer. I was given a chance to make a movie. Yeah. Good for him. And that's not me being mean. Like, the end title uh, credits to Fright Night are, like, some of my favorite end title credits in a long time. They're really cool. So he's a very talented man. He's a very, very talented man. Good job. Make Fright Night 2. Or they do have a Fright Night 2. I mean a real Fright Night 2. <laughs> I'll let you borrow it if you want. I don't want to watch that garbage. <laughs> garbage is Oh, shit. He's also the title sequence director and designer on The Last of Us. I just fucking said, just that. said that. Oh, sorry. I wasn't thinking of, No, I wasn't because I was looking at this other one. Are you sure you watch even Maggie? I see this. This is why this is why I don't trust your review of this film. Um next week we're seeing Mad Max Fury Road. Hell yeah. Um I'm thinking I'm going to see Pitch Perfect 2. You guys can what, see What do we see in the Road. week after that though? Um, can we wait and see Pitch Perfect 2 the week after? Yeah, I'm just kidding. We're seeing Mad oh, okay. Max. No, no, no. I mean, like, the the week at Denver Comic-Con, do we know what comes out that week? Uh, I don't. Because if there's nothing good that week, we should wait and see Pitch Perfect together that week. Or just review it that week, I should say. Ah, dude. Have you ever heard of Nicole Hunt? No. Yeah, she wants to be my friend on Facebook. I don't know who that is. Oh. Awesome. She is in no way related to me, even though she is a hunt. And I know a lot of those. Um, Yeah, so Mad Max next week. Yeah, Uh, I'm excited. Did you see that trailer for... um, for uh, Magic Mike XXL? I have. That's not what I wanted out of Magic, Magic Mike. I didn't Super. know you even wanted another Magic Mike. I liked Magic Mike, but Magic Mike has is well, 
the parts of Magic Mike I didn't like. Oh, when you took his... my wife out on a date? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I took your wife out to to watch strippers. Um, and the parts of Magic Mike I didn't like were all the parts with strippers. And that trailer basically looks like a. Well, yeah. it, it looks like Glee I, I read with an, strippers. I read an interview with Channing Tatum, and he said the biggest complaint that women had about the first Magic Mike was there wasn't enough dudes stripping in it. Yeah, but the the parts where dudes weren't stripping were the best parts of the movie. So like that was a really well written. So that's movie. what he did. That's too bad. Yep. Well, I'll probably you know maybe take my wife to it again. I mean, I guess that's why like the first one's a Soderbergh movie and this one is not. <laughs> so I guess that's fair. Yep. Cool. Till next week when we see a two-hour-long car chase. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for coming on, Rafe. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Even though your opinion was wrong. What? I knew your opinion was perfect. Wrong. Right. Fuck. Maggie's the worst. I'm so confused. (laughs) So are our listeners. I don't like it when mommy and daddy fight. (laughs) They're probably, the listeners are probably like, James and Ryan are fighting on the podcast? (laughs) This is insane. (laughs) Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. Hey, Dan. This this isn't enough ice. (laughs) 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 Uh, Like like twice that much. Because I got to be able to put the Mountain Dew on it and have the Mountain Dew get cold. Otherwise, the ice will just melt, and then it's just watered down Mountain Dew. Oh, that's awesome. Ah, you're the best. It was four cubes and now it's eight. yeah. Look at that shit. Mountain Dew is the most disgusting fucking soda. It's amazing.